My name is JD at the GOAT District. This is the GOAT District. Welcome to the first day of injury season, Fantasyland. Unless you've been under a rock today, you know that there was a serious injury. This is the first one of the season, so for me, that just kicks it off. And for some people, you get that notification on your phone and you think, man, my, scene, my season is over. What if I told you it's not? What if I told you that right now this is an opportunity for you to learn, for you to take advantage, and for you to get better as you keep drafting this offseason? And as we've been doing it week after week, guys, the best guests, the biggest winners tonight is no difference. This is a shark week encore flavor type of show. Guys, we got a lot tonight. We're going to dive deep into the injury, but we're going to go deeper. We're going to talk about handcuffing. When is it appropriate? When is it not? We're going to talk about how to trade through this market. We're going to help you win, guys, like we do every week. And like I tell you every week, let me just find my little, uh, my little thingy here and let's dance. Oh, yeah. You know the Pope listens Dynasty our religion For the blokes missing On all of these trades On all of these plays On all of these grades By the end of the day Y'all getting played So what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex Send the homie a text That trash offers the best You try to make it complex Then they text you back Now all of a sudden They don't make any sense <laughs> Broaden your horizons boy Dynasty's not for the Simons boy Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the district. We're back for another great one tonight, guys. Another awesome guest. Dan, I really need to get you to uh, to click that button on the intro because uh, I keep fumbling over that thing every week. But um, no, guys, tonight, uh, I know we're all excited about tonight. And and like we were saying, sometimes you get a little gift, right? And and I, I, I never want to joke about an injury and, you know, you, you, you wish the player well. And look, Akers was one of our favorites as much as... Theo called him as, you know, one of the top sells just because of where his value got so quickly, right? And what it was kind of holding on, that support, uh, that, you know, very short uh, sample size that it was sitting on. So we don't want to, you know, make fun of it. But guys, it's fantasy football, right? We're, we got to take this, learn from it. And tonight is a perfect opportunity to kind of dive deep. But also beyond that specific injury, look at how, you know, how, how is this going to affect your roster build moving forward? How does this change your, your, your approach on handcuffing? How excited are you, Dan, about tonight's show? Oh, man, tonight is going to be awesome. Definitely excited. Been stoked all day. 
we've we've got a great guest and we've got you know unfortunately uh you know a, a lot to chew on uh with the acre situation but uh you know this this is a great time to just kind of work it out and 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 figure out what's our best way to to handle this so let's do it Theo, you, uh, you, you've exposed your glasses to the world. Uh, I, I give you uh, props, respect for uh, being strong and just, just going with it, man. Just, you know, put it out there. Who gives a shit, right? Just, you know, I, I, I love I'll, it. I love I'll, it, by the way. You know, yeah, sometimes you got to mix it up. Sometimes your contacts are bothering you. Um, you know, <laughs> the, show, the, show, the show must roll, must go on. Um, yeah, it's just a funny thing how – you know, for weeks it's kind of sleepy, and then all of a sudden, uh, a massive injury hits, and you know that's just fantasy football for you. And the summertime is, um, you just got to roll with the punches. Um, ADP shifts rapidly. Um, you know, I'm sure we're going to touch on that tonight, but just uh, it's it's a very unfortunate for a guy who um, you know was a very strong redraft play this year in Cam Akers, but um, you know it's it, it's definitely huge news for us to talk about tonight. Yeah, and, and just let me say, Theo, imagine Theo in a uh, a white button-down short sleeve shirt with a black tie in the 60s. He would be fitting right into Mission Control and NASA. There you go. There you go. <laughs> starting, starting early with the air horns. Yes. I love it, man. I love it. Guys, the, 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 the table is set. You know, we, we've got our guests waiting. We, we've let them wait long enough, man. This guy is a rock star in the industry. You know him from Shark Draft, uh, or Draft Shark Draft. Sorry, guys. I'm looking at my screen and I'm saying that the opposite. Draft Sharks um, over there at DraftSharks.com. And let's bring him in, boys. Welcome, Jared Shmola to the district. Good to be here, guys. Plenty to talk about. Obviously, like you said, you know, the, the drafts have just gotten kind of stale, you know, over the past few weeks, just with no news. And every draft was kind of the same thing because we just had no ADP movement. So, you know, it'll be interesting now to see how things go from here. And then, of course, we get into August. And that August is my favorite month of the year. It might sound crazy because, you know, we're not playing real football yet. But the the rush of news we get as training camps open and then all the preseason mm-hmm. action, It's I I love it. Also my birthday, but that's not important. Jared, we uh, we we love having you on tonight. We're big fans of uh, of your work, and yeah, I mean, it, it kind of fits that this not fits, but it, it's kind of you know, uh, with this injury, it gives us a, a nice nice uh, buffet of topics to hit on tonight. But before we get in there, beer snob, uh, just talk to me about that because I, I I've I've I'm a self-proclaimed beer snob, which you talked to me about three, four years ago. I was not at all. Uh, I want to know what you mean by that. I just like the good stuff, you know. I mean, which you is kind of, kind of pay, you kind of pay what you, you you get what you pay for. Um, you know, the, I'm a big uh, what you got there, uh, Palo. Canuck IPA action, one of my favorites. That works. I haven't had that one. Um, I'm a big Belgian fan. Mm. Yeah, yes. Belgians. Um, and then the you know hazy hazy IPAs, New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. That's what I yep. Generally, go for those hazies. Get they're getting tasty, man. They're they're oh, yeah. popping up everywhere. For sure. So why don't you talk to us about Draft Sharks? Uh, you know, for those who don't know what you what you're doing over there, what you have going on to there. You dropped a solid article today, by the way, uh, guys. Check it out specifically on the injury and covers a lot of it. 
uh, in that article for an article you dropped. I was looking at it like eight hours ago. So props to you for getting that out like on a at a very quick uh, time timeline there. But uh, let us know what's happening, uh, the listeners over there at Draft Sharks. Yeah, that article. It was almost like a stream of conscience. You know, I just kind of wanted to get my my thoughts down as soon as the the news broke. So, um, you know, definitely still analyzing the situation as we go here. You know, it hasn't hasn't even been uh, twelve hours since we learned of the Acres injury. But yeah, you know, today not not only just you know the Cam Acres injury, but we actually just launched our redesigned website over on Draft Sharks, looking really spiffy. Um, and in addition to that, we we have a you know, brand new drafting tool. We're, we're calling it the draft war room. Um, if you're familiar with draft sharks, it's basically just a revamped MVP board. So, you know, what it is, is it, it takes our projections, applies them to your specific league scoring system, your specific league starting requirements. Um, and then, you know, sort of gives you customized rankings and then also, you know, kind of suggested picks throughout your draft based on, you know, your, your team needs ADP, what's still available on the board. So, um, definitely check that out. I'm, I'm really, I'm really pumped about it. That's yeah, awesome. Sounds great. Guys, before we get into the, the goodness, I, I I'll ask you one, one more question. I see girl dad on there. I, I like to, to flex the girl dad with my little, uh, my little five-year-old, uh, teenager. Uh, what, what's, uh, how old do we have over there at the, the Shmola household? She uh, she just turned ten months and uh, oh, awesome. so she she was born um, the night of the week one doubleheader, <laughs> the week one NFL doubleheader. She you know she was born like right after that that Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So uh, so yeah, la- last season was you know it was it was different having you know to to work and and you know having having a kid at home too, but we got through it. That had to be a blur. <laughs> <laughs> It was. Oh man. We'll we'll nice. forget anniversaries, but we'll remember exactly what week it was <laughs> when uh, when our daughter was born of the NFL season, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice. All right, guys, let's let's jump into the goodness. I mean, you know, and you can start off right. Let people know where they can find the article, or you know, maybe you can start off with the article. Like I said, you touch on a lot of really good points there, so you don't want to give it all away. Obviously, let the people kind of go over there and read it, but. Uh, give us your thoughts, you know, right off the bat, you said you, you had some thoughts pretty early today. Uh, have, has that, have any of them changed or evolved since then? And, and what, what were they when they started? Yeah, I think I've, I think I've adjusted our, uh, you know, Daryl Henderson projections like four times already since the news, perhaps, you know, still, still tinkering. Um, I mean, my, my first thought is just Sean, Sean McVay's Rams have been an awesome spot for running back production. Obviously you've had Todd Gurley, in McVay's first two seasons, 17 and 18, you know, he, he was a stud. He, he led all running backs in fantasy points in 2017. He was top three across formats in 2018. The, the last two years, we haven't you know gotten that stud fantasy running back producer from the Rams, but their running game as a whole has still been awesome. You know, they, they've been top 10 in rushing touchdowns in all four seasons under McVay. They've been top 10 in rushing yards in three of those four seasons. And you know, that's just despite even some you know shaky O lines over that time. So I just think McVay's scheme is strong for running back production. And, you know, and that's what Jared Goff under center. And this offense could be even better with Matt Stafford. So, you know, the, the, the opportunity for Daryl Henderson is, is awesome. Yeah, totally agree. Um, how, how dangerous do you think it is to assume that Henderson is going to get, you know, 
the lion's share of the work there. Yeah, I mean, you know, as the depth chart stands now, you would almost have to. Right. You know, that they're they're going to add one or multiple backs, you know, whether it's via what's what's out there, you know, on the free agent wire or via trade. We'll, we'll see. Um, Henderson hasn't hasn't really proven it as a pass catcher yet as a pro. You know, he was okay, I think, at Memphis in the passing game. So he has that to prove still. He still has to prove he can kind of handle the bigger workload too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think – I have it in the article. He only – he's only top 15 carries once as a pro in a game. I think he only did it like five times at Memphis, you know, even, even in, at Memphis, he wasn't a workhorse on the ground. Um, and he's had some injuries too in the NFL. You know, he had, he had the high ankle sprain at the end of last year. He's had a couple of in- injuries he's dealt with. So to me, that's the question is just, you know, how, how, how big of a workload he can end on the ground. Then also how much the Rams want to use him in the passing game. The, the Rams running backs were, you know, targeted at a, well, well below league average rate last season. I mean, we could see that continue, you know, with obviously Woods, Cup, Higby back. They had Deshaun Jackson. They had Tutu Atwell. Um, so I, I get that my big question with Henderson is how much he's going to do in the passing game, which obviously is, you know, huge for fantasy. We, we want those targets for our running backs. Yeah, I thought it was a good point you brought up about the uh, the running back production every day. And we, we can't forget that C.J. Anderson had that, that magical run as right. well. So it's almost like CJ Anderson was on the street and ends up playing, I believe it was like five games and he's productive in each one. Um, he know, he wasn't just makes, off the street, Theo. He was straight out of the donut shop. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. This was, he was, he was a, a, like the lowest rung, you know, throwaway type signing and the guy ends up producing. So it's like, I don't know. It's, it's the appeal of a, of a, a guy like Henderson with draft capital, um, with, like you said, not a whole lot behind him right now. Um, that's, I mean, it's very interesting to me, but I can see why Henderson would be very appealing right now. I kind of wonder where he settles, but, you know, until they sign someone, it's, uh, he, he's the last man in town, unless you believe in one of these names behind them. What, what do you think the move is, Jared? Like, you know, looking at Dynasty, Per se, you know, because those are probably the people that are the most worried, them and all the degenerates like us that drafted best balls. You know, I I, I actually I got really scared when I saw the tweet this morning. Uh, luckily, I'm at nine percent, you know, FFPC, but 12 percent on, on Henderson. So it kind of, you know, not too bad. But uh, we're my initial is like, you know, wait on Henderson until they do add those pieces because that's when his price will drop. Whereas right now his price is probably could be at the highest unless they just don't add anyone, which from what you're saying, you don't think that's going to be the case. No, I definitely think they'll add someone. Um, I mean, there, there, there's no one in free agency now that you know, I think would come in there and, and take the lead job from Henderson. You know, it's, it's Le'Veon Bell, it's Todd Gurley, it's Duke Johnson. You know, they're, you know, guys on, on the back end of their careers. Um, I don't think you can buy Henderson and Dynasty right now. I think you're, you're, you're buying at his peak. Um, if you have him, he's probably a hold. Unless, and maybe if you're in, like, rebuild mode, you know, you, you sell him off now to the highest bidder if you're not competing for this season. Akers is an interesting guy. You know, I I wouldn't be buying him. Achilles is worse than an ACL. That is, It's probably the worst injury a running back can suffer. Um so, you know, I, I have my 
doubts about, you know, how he's going to return from that. He obviously has age on his side. He's, he's 22 years old, I believe. Um, but I have my doubts if, you know, we're ever going to see pre-injury cam makers again. So I'm not sure I'd call him a sell because you're probably selling for 50 cents on the dollar, but I, I would, I wouldn't be buying cam makers right now. He's 23.9, Dan, and I'm going to let you go next because I know there's a couple points in there that you want to touch on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, as far as Acres goes in Dynasty, uh, you know, for me, he he is a hard sell right now. If I'm the Acres owner, uh, I'm looking to cash out for whatever I can get while, mm-hmm. you know, there's still people who are plenty optimistic about him, you know, because there's, there's still a lot of people out there who are, are thinking – yeah, you know he's he's out this year, but he'll he'll be fine next year. And uh, history just shows with uh, running backs that's just not the case. Running backs and linebackers have by far the the worst um, rate of getting back to what they were before. Uh, that's not saying they can't return to play, but returning to play is one thing. I mean, uh, Donta Foreman returned to play. Beanie Wells returned to play. Uh, Mikel Lashore returned to play. You know, so it, it, it is possible to return to play, but none of them were, you know, what they were before the injury. And, you know, I've, I've been kind of out there on Twitter. I've been looking at, you know, some people are saying, well, you know, none of them are as talented as Akers. But I'm not sure we can say that because, I mean, Beanie Wells, I think, arguably had, you know, about as much talent as Akers. I mean, you know, he was, he was highly regarded coming out of college. He was, uh, you know, he was – I believe he was a four or five star recruit coming out of high school. Um, you know, so it, it it's easy to look at the past and say, you know, well, you know, now that we know the totality of Beanie Wells' career, it's easy to kind of discount him and say, well, he's he, he was never that good. Uh, but I don't think we can really say that. He just never had the chance to be good. And we might end up saying the same thing with Acres. So that's that's kind of where I'm at on Acres. Uh and I think with uh, Henderson, you know, like you said, Jared, I think there's, uh, you know, somebody's coming in somehow. Um, and really it kind of depends on what sort of a back that they bring in. If they're bringing in, uh, you know, a Duke Johnson, that actually concerns me a little bit more than if they're bringing in like an Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, Peterson, I think, is somebody who would eat up a lot of those uh things, you know, and he'll get a few touchdowns. But, um, you know, I – I would see then uh, Henderson getting more of the high value touches and with, um, you know, somebody like uh, Duke Johnson, mm, that that might not be the case anymore. So uh, Theo, what do you think? No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that if you can get anything for acres right now uh, in a dynasty league, I completely agree. Cash out. Um, I think you can sell people on the optimism of a recovery because of his age. Um, I'm sure that there's some people might might send you offers thinking, you know, I can just stab him for a year, but you never know what's going to happen. And, um, you know, unfortunately, this might be uh, kind of the end of productive Cam Akers. Um, so I, I agree with with, uh, with Dan on that. And, and regarding the, um, the backs that are on the market, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see if we see someone traded um, and they make a small trade because I don't really see a whole lot of uh, appeal on the market right now. Um, you know, the girly one is interesting just because of the familiarity, um, and he's out there, but yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to see any of those guys stepping in and really being that much of a threat. I guess I agree with Dan with Duke. It, it would kind of take away the opportunity for Henderson to, to earn that receiving role. So that would, that would probably be the most problematic, but 
uh, yeah, it's, I think it's going to probably end up being a name that's kind of coming out of nowhere um, and potentially a trade or a guy that gets cut. So, guys, obviously we covered different formats on the show. We talked a bit of Dynasty. Look, we've had some huge winners. You know, a lot of our listeners play these big tournaments, FFPC, uh, you know, underdog, even throwing in there some some serious best ball with the with the big dog. But if, if you're looking at these redraft, you know, multi-MTT type tournaments for big money, how are you changing? Does this, how does this change your draft, right? Like for me, if, if I drafted Henderson in those tournaments in the past, awesome, because I got him super cheap. Now I'm probably not going near him, like personally. Uh, Jared, how, how does this change, you know, drafting these guys or just drafting these tournaments in general? It's tough. I mean, I know the argument is, you know, why should I take Henderson in round five when I'm competing against guys that haven't been around 10? Like I, I get that, but you also, you also can't let him fall too far past where you think his fair value is. Cause like, I mean, someone's got to take him. and you're all, I mean, you're, you're, your, your first job in these tournaments is to, you know, win or come in the top two or top three of your 12 team league. So I, I'm not going to let Henderson, you know, slip to the seventh round just because there's this guy in the other, this other league that, you know, has him in the 10th. So, you know, maybe you let him go a bit past where you think he should go, but, you know, not, not more than a round for me. And, and it always comes down to value, right? Like I, 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 I always say I'm not a big handcuff guy, but I grabbed Henderson you know, ironically enough in the fishbowl because he felt in the 15th round, you know, he was still there and he was by far the best value sitting there. So I'm not going to let him go just because I'm not a big handcuff guy. Right. And I think that's what you're saying. It's, it's about value uh, in, in these drafts. And I don't think that changes. If he's the best value and you think that that's helping your roster, you're going to grab him. Yeah. yeah I, 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 go, go ahead, Dan. You know, I, I was just going to say, I think, um, you know, also it, it pays to take a look at, you know, how, how many teams have been drafted in the tourney? You know, like how full is it? Um, you know, if you're talking about something like, uh, you know, the FFPC mains, you know, barely any teams at all have been drafted. So, you know, for me, uh, that's not going to affect my strategy there at all. You know, if I, I'm going to take Henderson where I think he should be taken and I'm not you know, going to let him really fall past that. Um, but if you're looking at, you know, a tournament that's already two thirds full or something like that, mm-hmm. then I think it, you know, you, you probably want to let them fall a little bit farther. Uh, you do have to take into account the overall strategy a little bit more though, as Jared said, uh, you know, it's super important not to uh, overemphasize that because you still have to get out of your, you know, your 12 team uh, league that you're in to start with. Yeah, I, I think, I, I mean, I think the, um, Sorry, go go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go I, ahead, Jared. I was just saying, I think the, the structure of those tournaments is so important to understand. Like, if I have it right, mm-hmm. the FPC basketball tournament, you're you're competing again in twelve team leagues the whole way, right? You have to come like top three in your twelve team league in the first thirteen. Yeah, yeah their their big tournaments are like that. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you're you're never needing to you know beat out the entire pool of teams over you know the length of the season. So, I I think it's important to understand the structures. It's true. Yes, I was going to agree with Dan. Um, In in the in you know, like the football guys or or the RotoWire online championship, I wouldn't. You know, I would treat it as you know, there hasn't been that many drafts done. You know, it's still the middle of July, and you know, like Jared said, 
Uh, you can't you can't lose track of the the short term goal, which is to you know to win that league, uh, to win some money, and then hopefully move on. So yeah, I mean, I have some uh, double digit shares of uh, Henderson, which you know I'm happy to have. Um, but it, it won't prevent me from drafting him if, if he you know becomes a uh, you know at a level that I'd be comfortable drafting him in. I'll be interesting to see where he settles though. Where where, where do you guys think he'll settle in? Uh, you know, for instance, uh, FFPC AP. Guys, don't answer that. If you're, right now, if you're watching right now, smash the like button. You're getting like free goodness right now. <laughs> you're getting uh, like this happened this morning. So you're, you're getting some fresh info that you can get and use ahead of your league mates. So guys, smash the like button, smash the subscribe. Didn't mean to rudely interrupt, but you know, come on, man. All these people watching show some love. Come on. All right, go ahead, guys. That's my biggest question is, you know, like the fact that it's kind of new and, uh, you know, it's going to be very appealing to get that part of that Rams offense, which has been pretty hot. You know, you have Woods and Cup both going high. Stafford people are bullish on. Um, you know, we were taking acres at that one two turn. Um, you know, where will Henderson end up? Um, it's it's hard to say. I don't want to be in the first, you know, couple of football guys drafts. Um, Rotowire online championship drafts. I want to kind of let it settle. Where do you think he'll end up uh, in these initial drafts? I mean, where where I where I think I'd value him right now would be round four, maybe round five. I'm just just sitting here with some of the you know questions we have about what what else they're going to add and exactly again exactly how big a role he'll play in the passing game. I think that risk pushes him down to there. I think you know if we. It, it's. I think it's. I think it's possible by the end of August and September that he's, you know, a third round pick if they hadn't added anything significant. And we're hearing some you know, good stuff out of LA about you know what their plans are for him. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably pretty reasonable. You know, I guess right now there's it would be pretty hard to take him in front of uh, you know like Dobbins, Swift, guys like that. Uh, yeah. But when you start getting to the David Montgomery range, then, yeah. you know, you're, you're probably talking. It's, uh, you know, you got to at least think about it. And, you know, I, I, I think Jared brought up a real good point, too, that the Rams offense may go away from, you know, passing to the running back as much uh, just due to, you know, what they have. And, you know, this some of the pin action on that might actually be good for like Higby and you know, certainly Cup, uh, maybe even Woods with the jet sweeps and and that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I, I see. You know, I think unless we see something in the preseason that says that they're going to really trust Henderson as a pass catcher and uh, in in pass pro as well, uh, that's probably going to be. You know, the, I, I see them going away from the running back in the passing game a little bit, and that's going to be to the benefit of the other pass catchers. Yeah, which is huge. If you were confident in this in this Rams offense on the passing side of it with the quarterback, maybe you're stacking these guys in these big best ball tournaments, uh, which I've done a lot with this, this offense. I mean, it kind of favors you now because they probably will uh, lean less on the running back, like you said, Dan, whether that's in the passing uh, in the short game, because Stafford, let's face it, he's not checked down Charlie, right? He's he, especially with uh, the guys he has here in the in this offense with Woods and and uh, Cup. 
you know, he's even got uh, Deshaun over there with uh, with his event Jefferson that that's still there. So a, a nice long game for him. So you think it benefits those guys? Is that the ripple effect? Uh, I'll go to you first, Theo. That you're expecting is kind of the 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 benefit with these guys. Does it does it do anything for the tight ends? Uh, was Akers maybe taking some of the targets that they might get now, or does it just not really change that situation? You know, I, I think it would take some speculation as to you know what which way they go in the red zone. Um, I certainly think that uh, Akers would have been a very capable goal line back. I wonder if uh, you know Cup could develop that goal line, or, excuse me, that red zone connection with Stafford, which you know some people think. I, I guess for me. Um, you know, I want more shares of, of Woods and Cup. I think that their volume should go up, um, you know, at least a little bit. Um, I'm not so sure about Higby. Um, you know, he's already going at kind of a range where I feel like that's kind of at his peak. Um, I'm not really into taking, you know, Higby where, you know, Goddard's going, for instance. That that would kind of be my takeaway. I, I want a little more Cup and Woods, um, and that's kind of where I'm at. How about you guys? Yeah, I was I was already super high on the Rams passing game before this news broke. Um, and yes, I guess Cup and Woods in particular, and you know Stafford was a guy I was taking. Higby was a guy I you know have some shares of. Um, I, I I bumped all four of those guys up in our projections after the Acres news. I I just think the Rams are going to throw it more. You know, with kind of these questions in the backfield now. I mean, I, I you know I think even if Henderson hits, like he is not going to get the rushing volume that Cam Akers would have gotten if he hit. You know, I, I just I just think Henderson is not that type of back. So I, yeah, so I, I you know I took the Rams up from like a you know pretty balanced run pass split. So you know pretty heavy lean towards the pass, which which they did do two years ago, 2019, when Todd Gurley really struggled. They were one of the past heavier teams in the NFL that year. And again, that was with Jared Goff, who, you know, I think Sean McVay wanted nothing to do with. And I think he's, he's pumped to have Stafford there now. So I think you could see the Rams, you know, be one of the like top five, six pass heaviest teams in the NFL this season. Uh, before we go to our next question, guys, we, we Jared, we do a little OTC on here on the clock. So if you're in a draft, you know, which guy are you taking? And our buddy, Kevin Wheeler, shout out to Wheeler, one of the, the best rankers out there for the past, I don't know, handful of years now that he's in the, the top five out there in uh, Fantasy Pros. But he's given us two really good ones. So looking at, uh, I'll go to you, Jared, as our guest, Hendo or Miles Sanders? I like Sanders there. Um I, I almost, th- I almost think Henderson's best case scenario for like volume is kind of what we're baseline expecting for Miles Sanders. So I, I just, don't, I, I just think you're taking on more risk and not getting a whole lot of upside. I mean, he's pro- he's in a better offense, so maybe there's slightly more upside. But I just think you're taking on, uh, you know, too much added risk there. Dan, anything to add or anything different, Theo? Yeah, I think that's about right. Sorry, I shouldn't. Have, I should ask both of you, man. Just brutal, brutal hosting job there, Dan. Uh, anything to add on that? I, I, I think that's about exactly right. Uh, I'd take Sanders as well. Yeah, I think that's a clean sweep, and I like this one just because mm-hmm. you know we had uh, Josh Larkey on here talking Etienne. He's a big Etienne guy, and that was a few weeks ago. And now you know you, you're hearing a lot of love out there for for our boy Etienne out there in Jacksonville. So looking at uh, you know. 
the rookie quarterback and the new quarterback, uh, which running back do you prefer? I'll go back to you first, Jared. Yeah, ETN's the guy I've been like flipping Henderson back and forth in our in the rankings on draft sharks like all day, not, not sure which direction I would go. And I, I think ETN's a guy by mid-August even, we're going to have a lot better idea about their plans for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe pick right now, I would go Henderson just because I, I just don't know what Urban Meyer you know has has planned for ETN this season. Yeah, Wheeler nailing that that line. Dan, anything to, different there? Yeah, that's I, I would agree. It's a very very tough call right there, um, and that that probably does show where his value lies. Uh, I I think I'd just go ETN there, but again, I could be you know it wouldn't take much to push me off it. I think it depends what is important to you, right? Because there's right. drop capital, there's who's shown it on the field in the NFL. Um, Theo, where are you on this? This is an interesting one from a boy, uh, Wheeler. It was a great question by Wheeler. I think I would go ETN. Um, Jared brought up, um, you know, Henderson as a receiver. And I think that ETN will have a clear receiving role for Jacksonville. And I, I kind of like that floor. Um, he's got you know, better. I think he's, I think he's a better player than Jarrell Henderson. Um, I'm a big ETN guy. So I I would bet on the talent there um, with the rookie. All right. Before we go any further, no, I'm not going to ask you to smash the like because you already smashed it, right? Because you're loving this. You're getting all kinds of goodness. Dan, you had two things that you wanted us to make sure that we highlight or promo tonight. I'm going to let you do that right now. Yeah, so first off, I uh, just want to have Jared talk a little bit about the Draft Sharks Invitational. It's something that uh, Theo and I are definitely very excited about. And, you know, uh, tell our audience a little bit more about that and what's going on with it. Yeah, so we had uh, five, it's it's a best ball tournament, you know, essentially. Um, you know, last year we had five team, five leagues of 12 teams. We expanded to six leagues this year, but it's a very unique format. So it's best ball. Uh, we go 25 rounds, no kickers, no defenses. So you're getting, you know, deep into the weeds on, you know, like the the fifth string wide receivers, third string running backs. But it is super flex mm-hmm. and it is tight end premium scoring. So it, it really kind of balances out all four positions. So the drafts are super interesting. Um, those drafts are going to be the first and second weeks of August, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and we're going to be live streaming all of those drafts on the DraftShark's YouTube channel. So you could check those out. It, it, it's a super fun draft too. I did it last year. Um, it was just, it, as Jared said, I mean, you know, there's a lot to think about, a lot to chew on in these drafts and, and figure out your strategy and, you know, definitely different ways to attack it. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a great team going last year until I hit the injury wall bad. <laughs> uh, but it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun and I, I just enjoyed putting together that team and uh, you know, uh, the the competition is second to none too. I mean, there's a lot of really really sharp drafters in there. Yeah, no, I was I was thrilled uh, to be invited. This is my first year in it. Um, and when when Adam reached out to me, I was I was super hyped. And then uh, you know our in like you guys talked about the competition. Uh, our division is uh, is Dan, myself, uh, Billy Muzio, who's a great player. And then I believe we have two uh, former event champions in our in our league, uh, Dan. So like it's yeah. just it's just loaded. It's um it's going to be a blast. But uh, it's an awesome awesome competition. Yep. Are you not 
I'm not sure if the overall winner is going to come from our league or not. Um, I'll put it that way. I doubt it. I kind of do too. Um, yeah, I took a look at it and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be fun. But, I, you know, we enjoy a challenge, so that's great. And, uh, you know, another challenge that uh, I know Jared has coming up soon as the uh, FFPC Pros versus Joe's Best Ball Challenge as well. And uh, that's that's a fun one. It's a little bit different this year because we're doing swims instead of uh, the full 28-round draft. Um, so, I, you know, not sure how I feel about that. I kind of enjoyed the 28-round the challenge, but, uh, you know, the, the, the swims definitely have their own set of strategy. So uh, you, you want to give us any uh, tips on how you're approaching that, Jared? Can't get too much away, can I? <laughs> I think my draft's on uh... – uh, this coming Monday night. I'm, I'm with you though, Dan. I, I preferred the full 28 round uh, drafts for those. I think eight, you know, 18 just gets tough, which like you said, it's added strategy, figuring out how you want to, you know, distribute those 18 picks across the position. But I liked the kickers and defenses. I think that gave us a small edge. You know, I, I was always a fan of taking three of each. Yep. Um, and, I, and I think just knowing that the kickers who are kind of locked into jobs at this point of the season, you know, kind of gave us an edge too, but. Yeah, absolutely. Just Kevin Wheeler, you and me both, brother. You and me both. We're gonna we're gonna expand every year, so you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll be up to seven, eight, nine leagues by next year. So, so we'll nice. see. Nice, nice. So, guys, uh, before we kind of go even more macro, we we're talking acres, we're talking uh, Henderson. I'll go to you, Jared, because you know. Obviously, first time on the show, we talk handcuffs often on here. Uh, I know personally, I'm not. I rather have you know other other guys' handcuffs on my roster. Is just not limiting my ceiling is kind of my simple way of approaching that. But in some cases, like we talked about, value falls. Whatever the case, what's your general approach on handcuffing? And do situations like this change? you know that that approach or does it do anything different i guess for the rest of the off season when you're when you're looking at handcuffs yeah I, i'm not a handcuff guy um i think they're okay if you're you know just in a you know 12 team league you're just trying to beat 12 other owners i think they're okay i just think in, i think in general though it's handcuffing is kind of like playing not to lose like if, if you're trying to you know, get first place in the league you need to you need to assume your first you know few picks are hits and your know, handcuffing is literally saying, you know, there's a chance this guy goes down and I want to have his backup. Cool. You know, I just I, I I just think like you said, it kind of limits your ceiling. It's kind of you know playing for, you know, third or fourth place. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're playing uh, you know, one of those uh best balls where, you know, the it's just bas- basically a double up or whatever, great. Go ahead and handcuff all you want. Um but otherwise, I don't. I don't think you can really afford to. And when you get into tournaments, I mean, I, I think it's just basically strictly taboo. Uh, there's there's no way you're going to win that tournament. I mean, you know, the the entire idea of best ball is, you know, there's going to be one winner, and you know, your your chances of being that winner are far less than fifty percent. You know, eight eight point three percent if you're just average, and so you can't you can't go into it with the idea that you're going to try to um, just protect your, you know, your early picks. You have to assume every pick's going to hit and you have to be okay with losing leagues because that's, it's going to happen a lot, whether you want it to or not. And the only way you can win leagues is to not be afraid to lose them. 
Yeah, you got to swing for the fences. But yeah. just to add to the question, I'll go to, to, to I'll pass it to Theo. Does like for for a situation where you're setting a lineup? Because yeah, best ball. I, I again, you're kind of capping your ceiling, like we all talk about. But kind of why I did. I'm like, I'll take Henderson here with the fishbowl. Does the 17-week season affect anything with you guys, especially at the running back position, a position where maybe a team going in the playoffs, they're going to rest their guy or I don't know. Does that does that play a factor at all, I guess, is, is the question, Theo, or not? A, you're uh, no, not- no I, don't, I, don't think the, I don't think the expanded season um, really changes my, my strategy much um, in terms of handcuffing. For me, I'm a I'm a handcuff sometimes kind of guy. Um, you know, in formats like FFPC and NFFC, I, I agree with, with Dan and Jared. You know, in best ball, I don't I don't see the the benefit to, to handcuffing. Um, but in in certain situations, like I found myself, um, I, I have a ten round rule where if I can if I can get the handcuff um, at least ten rounds later, I'll consider it. I don't always do it. I would never do like a like a Zeke Elliott with Pollard, you know, I wouldn't want to give up, um, you know, that sort of situation. Yeah. And I, and I never want to bet on some people will try to handcuff ambiguous backfields, which is probably the worst strategy ever. Cause you might end up with two, uh, like a, like an Edmonds Connor to draft both of those guys. Mm-hmm. You can end up with a, with a clear split. But when it comes to a guy like, um, like a Dalvin cook, um, you know, who's missed two games, you know, the last two years, I, I do like to grab Madison, um, you know, call it safety, but I find I can get Madison a little later where I'm comfortable. I've done that a few times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a handcuff sometimes kind of guy. Um, I love grabbing you know, the other team's handcuff, and I love grabbing guys that are, um, you know, guys that have a clear number two role that that I can get later in the draft. I love getting other other people's handcuffs, but for my own teams, I would call it, um, you know, I'm a I'm a sometimes handcuffer. So it's, it's all about how much you invested in the guy that you're right. handcuffing. Like to me, you know, and, and again, you, I like that 10 round rule, Theo. I might, I might steal that, you know, looking again, you got acres in the second round and then Henderson felt you in the 15th, 16th round. Like, you know, it's kind of a no brainer. Um, I, I, I like that approach. Yeah. yeah like a guy and like and Devon, I think Devon it's Devon different than that. You know, I, I, I think it's just different in a, in a league with managed rosters. Uh, yeah. You know, handcuffing can make a little bit more sense there. And definitely, like Theo was talking about, when you get that handcuff real cheap. And, you know, to your point on the, the fishbowl, I mean, you know, you were talking to us, J.D., last week about, you know, should I take Acre, or should I take Henderson in the 15th? And both of us were urging you to take him, even though we knew he had acres, just because, I mean, it was just such an extreme value right there that there's a certain point where you just have to, you know, you've got to give into the value um, no matter what, because, you know, there's, and, and you're going to end up benefiting from it is basically what happened. And knowing Dan's interest in t- discussing the fishbowl this year, I, I knew that his, his, his excitement for me taking Henderson there meant, you know, I, I better take the guy, the guy uh, sitting there. But Dan, uh, I, I know you, you put a really nice question. You know, we talked about tournaments and, and we talked about different types of tournaments. And when we talk about tournament, let's maybe move away from that situation in L.A. Because I know you and I talked, and I think you said maybe we do 20 minutes. And I said we do 90 minutes. So we fell, in the, we fell in the middle, right? We're like 45 minutes or whatever we're at. And, you know, we apologize. But that's how we roll here in the district. 
And uh, Jared, if you have like a curfew or anything, let me know. Because again, as a bad host, I didn't even yeah. ask you before we came on. My daughter's in bed, so we're good. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so Dan, take this back to the tourney and, and kind of macro level and, and, you know, looking at the differentiating aspect. Yeah. So I think, you know, for, for me right now, and, and this kind of ties into handcuffs a little bit, but um, when I'm looking at tournaments of any sort, whether we're talking about best ball or we're talking about football guys or, uh, you know, the FFPC mains or the NFFC uh, tournaments, any of those, right now, since training camp hasn't started, I'm interested in kind of hanging back on uh, on the running backs a little bit. That's not to say I won't grab, you know, one or two studs if they're if they're falling to me the right way. But otherwise, you know, I'm just going to sit back and play the field. And, you know, the, the acre situation shows you exactly why that's a good idea. Uh, you know, we were talking earlier, I think it might have been off camera about Latavius Murray uh, being, you know, kind of the same guy. Uh, you know, and there are a lot of guys who are the same guy as – Darrell Henderson, who are going in kind of that same range. And that's a range I'm real interested in picking up a lot of running backs in right now uh, because of the fact that, you know, I, I can let the variance work for me uh, rather than trying to root against it. And so that's the main way I'm trying to, to differentiate right now. And then just looking for teams that, um, you know, that people aren't stacking for whatever reason that I still think have a chance to be really good on offense uh, you know, and it's, it's hard to find those, but you know, there, there are some teams out there that you can, you can really stack them up, you know, and see what happens. And especially if you're multi entering a tournament, uh, you know, it, it pays to have some stacks across some, some teams, even that you might think are a little bit low odds, uh, because the NFL season as we, we always see every year, uh, just completely turns everything we thought we knew on its head by about week three or so. And, uh, you know, what we thought was good is bad. What, you know, there's, there's just so many different things that happen. And uh, I want to be able to take advantage of that. Right now, I think is a better time to do that. Once we start getting information in training camp, then I think it's more time to focus on that information and using that to our best advantage. Jared, where are you with differentiating and, you know, kind of your, your approach on that aspect of roster building? Yeah, I got a lot of thoughts on what Dan just said there that, thing at the top of my mind is you know kind of your your uh favorite teams of stack that maybe aren't as popular for me right now that's the colts um the, you know the colts passing game mm-hmm. i think we all <laughs> we all we all assume that you know they're, they're going to be run heavy and lean on jt which could definitely be the case um you know that's what that offense has been the past two years but you go back to Frank Reich's first year in Indianapolis when he had Andrew Luck, and they were one of the past heavier teams in the NFL. So, you know, what What if they lean more towards the pass? What if Carson Wentz kind of rediscovers his, you know, form from two, three years ago, which you know, came under Frank Reich? And then all the receivers are so cheap. You know, Michael Pittman's like the first guy off the board, and he's like a eighth or ninth rounder. You can get T. by Hilton in the, you know, 12th round. Paris Campbell goes in the same territory too. So you know, I, I've been – I've been taking one or two of those receivers and then grabbing Carson Wentz late. Um, I also looked at the the implied totals for all 256 games or whatever it is now and kind of, you know, added them up for all teams. Vegas has the Colts total, you know, their combined implied totals. Vegas has the Colts uh, projected to be the fourth highest scoring team in the NFL this season. 
Wow. Nice. Uh, I like that. So I like that one. In the Colts offense. So I, so I think. <laughs> I, I might be a Colts fan, Jared. Just. But, just, just, yeah. but so, they're, awesome so they're projected to be the fourth highest offense, but Jonathan Taylor is like the only Colt that's going high in fantasy draft. So I just, I just think there's value to be had there. I'm not exactly sure where it's going to come from, but I, I think picking up pieces of that passing game right, right now is a, a good move. It's free money. What's your, what's your favorite, um, what's your favorite piece to pick up? Would it be Pittman? Pittman's who I like the best, but again, you know, T.Y. is going like three, four rounds later. He, he might be out of gas. I think he's like 31 years old now. He, I mean, he wasn't very useful for most of last season. Um, but I don't know. At, at, yeah, I think Pittman has the highest ceiling, but at cost, I I, I kind of like T.Y. Yeah, that's not bad. How do you feel about uh, Paris Campbell? Campbell? Are you a Campbell believer? Do you think he's he's got like it in the bank? I liked him coming out. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he, he sort of gives that offense. Some, he, he's a bit – it sounds funny. He's a bit redundant with Naheem Hines almost, though. Yeah, you know, Campbell's going to be running all those short routes. I, I I just wonder if there's enough for him and Hines in that in that passing game. Yeah, I mean it was very encouraging how he was used in the first couple of games last year, and then you know he got hurt. So, yep. you know, it, it it's a great question. You can argue about you know is it is it Hines is it Campbell? Uh, you know, and I think betting on one or the other of them when you're stacking the Colts is probably the right thing to do. But you know, probably avoid betting on both because you know like you say it's it's gonna be one or the other yep yeah dan just to go back to what you're saying differentiating we we were talking about a couple drafts that i'm doing right now and and you know finishing off the fishbowl i'm finding my favorite rosters right now is is when i'm zigging you know the 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 the, Mm -hmm. what is that cliche saying but it's true man like people are going heavy you even asked me you're like is that draft a point per carry and i'm like no man it's actually receiver heavy you know if anything um and people are just like the problem is like you're chasing a position so you get in a position in the first couple rounds where it's like do i grab the running back you know whatever 18 or 19 or do i grab the wide receiver one and the tight end one or whatever it is and i just feel like it's such a no-brainer and and mm-hmm. i think that because of what's happening right now uh, in these drafts, I think if you just kind of go the other way, don't be don't be afraid of of missing out. Dan, you talked about that area where where Hendo is, and you you know, not to make this about my fishbowl, but just as an example, I took Acres in the second round, and other than that, like the rest, I, I I didn't need to take him there. You know what I mean? I could have grabbed like Adams and stacked them with with Rogers and had Henderson and and Connors and guys we talked about that I grabbed later, Pollock. Moss, that range of guys, you load up on those guys, they're going to each hit at different times of the season. That's just how that position plays, you know, and that's the beauty of it. You're kind of, if you're lucky enough, they'll fill in at the right spot. Yep, absolutely. And and we need to ask Jared about another guy that I think is one of his favorites. Oh, yes. I I threw that in there because I want to hear. He's one of mine too, man. Yeah, Mo Ali Cox, he's a monster, man. I, I I hope they give him a shot this year. Um, and you, and you look at a lot of the efficiency stuff from last season, like yards per route run. He was like up there, like behind, like it was, you know, it's like Kelsey Waller, Kittle, then like Mo Ali Cox and like yards per route run last year. So I'm hoping he gets a chance. I mean, I mean, you know, he's you know former basketball player, pretty inexperienced still as a football player. So I think there's still you know room for for more than what we've seen. So and you know Frank Reich loves loves using his tight end. So. 
We actually, absolutely. I think that's a great, great call on Moali Cox. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it, he's exciting, and we actually talked about this last week with Cody Carpentier. Um, he just played so few snaps. I don't know his snap share, but I think he was in like the 30s for yeah. for a while. Um, if he just gets his snaps up, um, right. that be that could be a great call. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they had Doyle and Burton there last year. Burton's gone now. Doyle, you know, he's into his 30s. And then, then they got the rookie, Colin Granson. But, you know, the, the hype's there now. But we, those rookie tight ends don't don't usually pan out. So. Right. And, sure. and with Doyle, I mean, he's probably going to be used more as a blocker than anything. I mean, you know, they're certainly going to leak him out, yeah. you know, and he's going to get his – he's going to get some targets and, you know, he's, he's going to do Jack Doyle things. But <laughs> <laughs> he's – He's more of a floor than anything. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're looking for ceiling, you're 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 looking for Mo Alley, and if you're looking for floor, then uh, you're probably playing the wrong game. <laughs> was, was it target share you were asking about, uh, Theo? No, it was just snap snaps. Uh, oh, snap. I think like it's total snap. snaps. He was snap share is forty eight point eight percent last year. Okay, so I was I was a little low on that, but he's still uh, you know he's he's just not out there that much. Um, mm-hmm. So be you know, and like Jared said, he was he didn't play any college football. I mean, he was at VCU, and uh, you know he was a beast at VCU too. The guy was on some pretty teams, and uh, you know he's still developing. So you know if I can get up to sixty five percent, you know wheels up. Yeah, and and uh, with um, Burton out of the way, that makes a big difference probably in how he's going to be used. I mean, you know, unless you think you know like. Like Jared was saying, you know, expecting Colin Grimps Granson to leapfrog Mo Alley Cox, I think, is uh, probably a step too far. And I uh, just wanted to go back to one thing uh, you and Dan uh, both talked about, uh, Jared. But I love the kind of the under the radar stacks you bringing up the Colts. Um, I know for me, I've I've grabbed um, the the Miami. I've tried to stack Miami a little bit as my QB two. Um, I like yep. getting a couple of their passengers. Um, I found myself doing that. Um, before Fields rose up, I tried to grab a little bit of like the Fields, um, you know, with either Robinson and like a commit. Uh, I thought that that was a nice one, but now I feel like everybody's trying to stack the Bears. But Miami's an interesting one. Um, their pass catching uh, options, nobody is super expensive right now. You can get two a super cheap. Um, and I like uh, correlating them. When I do any kind of a Dak Prescott team, uh, you you have the, the week seven bye for Dallas. You can grab that Miami uh, hosting Atlanta, you know, and just go for it with right. that with that uh, that build. So that's kind of my under the radar stack. So are you on either one of them? That's that's an OG nugget right there, folks. That's that's yeah, a little. That's I've good. done I've done that a couple times. I've done that a couple that's times. Good. I'm giving it to the ghost goat district, but uh, it works. You know, you get that that week seven smash game against Atlanta in Miami. And Dak's on a buy, so I've just done a couple of times. But uh, what's your thoughts on uh, on Miami? Are you betting on a particular pass catcher? Do you like them as a potential stack? I do. You're kind of the same reason as Colts. They're just so cheap. I think no one is exactly sure how the targets are going to be distributed be- between those you know wide receivers. So people are just kind of avoiding them in general. I I still have some optimism for Tua. I mean, you know, last year there, there's nothing you can really point to last year and say you know that that's the reason you know he, he's going to make it. As a probe, I mean, he was coming off that hip, that hip injury, and you know, that was serious stuff. So I think it's possible he just, you know, wasn't ever fully healthy last season. I, th- I think he has a shot still, especially with those wide receivers. I mean, you know, full, I, I love Will Fuller when I mean, that guy's healthy, man. He, he, yeah. he, he, 
he, he, he changes the offense. Um, and he had Waddle, obviously. F- Fuller and Waddle are my two favorites. I, and this is definitely narrative. You know, there's no numbers I can point to, but Tua to me seems like a quarterback that likes to see guys open. You know, all the receivers he played with at Alabama, they they got open. You know, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, um, or it was you know Devontae Parker's more of that contested catch guy. So I just don't know how Tua and Parker are going to mesh. I don't think they were too great together last year. So to me, uh, Fuller and Waddle are the the two Dolphins wide receivers I'm most interested in. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, I know this guy over here. He's he's a big Fuller fan. And, uh, you know, Waddle, I definitely like as, as a guy, you know, if, you, if you're feeling good about your wide receiver core through, you know, seven, eight rounds, whatever, uh, you know, smashing the Waddle button at that point, I think is just great because I, I see him as a guy who's probably going to come on towards the last half of the year. And if you're, you know, if you're in a tournament and you're, you're looking good to, you know, make it into the finals and move on, uh, Waddle, I think, is going to be a guy that you definitely want to have on your roster. One that I've been smashing recently, especially like underdog, is uh, Cleveland. Just uh, ODB, Landry. You know, you can get them all pretty cheap. Hooper, uh, Mayfield. Like Mayfield is like going as, I don't even know what QB. 20. Yeah, May- Mayfield's ADP makes no sense in like regards as to QB2? the rest of it. As yeah. your QB2, you know? Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you know, it, it always makes sense to to look at the quarterback versus pass catchers and how the ADP is relating to each other. And uh, that's, that's definitely one of those places where you look at Baker's ADP and you look at the pass catchers ADP and you say, this just doesn't really make sense to me right now. Well, but it's stackable, right? Then hashtag always be stacking. Like you, right. you, you also, exactly. if you're looking for cheaper stacks. I find like that whole division, even Baltimore, Pittsburgh, like you can get these stacks pretty cheap, man. Yep. All right, guys. Before we go deeper, smash the like, of course. But uh, and Wheeler, keep keep the comments going, dude. I keep throwing your your comments on because they're 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 dead on, guys. The FFPC, myffpc.com. We talk about it every week. That's where we play. You know, all three of us. Uh, I'm sure Jared plays on there as well. Half a million dollars on the regular with the redraft tournaments guys whether it's the main event you want to draft in vegas you want to go to vegas and drive laugh uh, drive laugh drive drive live draft live wow theo and dan <laughs> are going to be down there uh actually a bunch of our, our recent guests are going to be down there all these sharks uh you know we talk about i believe billy museo is going to be down there um you know but a bunch of guys that we've had on a bunch of sharp players are going down there including dan and theo uh, and, and it's just a fun time, man, in Vegas. It's just a fun time doing the live draft. It's a party. You get to know everybody. You put a face to a to a Twitter handle. Um, best ball, they got a hundred thousand grand prize right now for the the uh, best ball tournament, hundred twenty five dollar entry. And then of course the dynasty leagues starting at seventy seven dollars, and the best balls starting now at five dollars, guys. So no excuse. Like if you were thinking, oh, this is high stakes. I don't want to spend a lot of money. We're starting at five bucks now with these uh, best balls. So, guys, go check out myffpc.com. Just an awesome site to play on. Again, going macro, guys. Um, Theo, you got a, a question for our man, Jared? Um, nothing really off the top of my head. I wanted to go back to, to one format question we were talking about with Jared. Um, we talked about the – I've tried to ask a lot of our guests this because I think it's interesting – when you get to a slim best ball format, what, what's your favorite roster construction? 
I like going quarterback and tight end early so I can just stick with two of each. And then, you know, that gives you, what, four, 14 spots to play with at, at running back and wide receivers, you know, whether it's, you know, five, five, five nines probably, you know, two, two, five, nine, two. Does that math work? Is that 18? That, you know, that's probably yeah. what I'd, what I'd shoot for. You, you, you're rare. You don't always get that because it depends what falls to you. But I, I think when I go into drafts, that's kind of what I'm hoping to end up with. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. I think that, um, you know, it's that's the one that's the one question that, you know, sharp drafters like yourself is you hear different answers on running back. Some of them, you know, are going with the four running back build. Some go with the five running back build. It's a, a personal yeah. choice, but um, there's no right answer. I feel like it's uh, pretty down the middle. It's interesting to me. Yeah, well, and it definitely depends on, you know, the quality of running backs you get early in the draft. If you if you, you know, take three running backs in your first four picks, then in that case, I'd you know be comfortable sticking with four. Um, but if I don't go so running back heavy early, that's when I think you want to go to five, maybe even six. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Sorry, Dan, I was just going to say, I'm finding the most, the more uncomfortable I am in a draft, the better I love my roster. So, you, you know, Jared talked about a four running back. I'm doing even like three running back teams on underdog right now. The big frenzy is, oh, yeah, let's, you know, everybody's taking wide receivers early. So, you know, they're going earlier and earlier. I think our our friends over there at chip chasing and, uh, uh, oh, man, I'm blanking on his name right now. Peter Overzed and, you know, they're they're really promoting their wide receiver early. And you go on there now. And and if you're not following those guys, you know, on the reg and you go into one of these draft rooms, you're like looking around the fifth round. You're like, where'd all the receivers go? You know, like (laughs) drafting. uh, (laughs) uh, What's his name over there at the Jets? Wow. I'm blanking. Guy who just resigned for cheaper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crowder. Crowder. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, Crowder. Sure. Like you're, you're looking around and cry, and you need like your third or fourth receiver and Crowder is sitting there and you're like, oh man, I totally missed the boat, right? And, and that's what it is. There's trends going on and I feel like the more uncomfortable you are in that draft, the more you say, you know what, let these guys take that position. I'm going to load up on all the other positions and Jared, you talked about something I like to do is take care of receiver and tight end early, especially in the premium uh, drafts because then you can, the values fall at the other positions, uh, running back and, and receiver, they always do, right? So I, I love that approach. Um, I want to go back to kind of not necessarily to L.A., but player ownership. I think player ownership, whether you're looking at best ball dynasty, when you're spending, you know, when you're especially in multiple leagues, spending quite a bit of uh, money on these buy-ins, how much do you pay attention to player ownership, Jared? Um, and, and, and at what point do you pay attention to it? Because some guys will say, unless you're doing like 100 drafts, Right. right so where are you with with the ownership situation yeah and i usually end up around like 30 or 40 teams so it's not it's probably not as big a deal to me as someone who is doing you know, 100 plus i would say to me ownership matters to more early in the draft you know i, I don't want to end up with you know set, i love joe mixon this year i don't want to end up with you know 70 percent. you mean joe the earlier rounds yeah earlier rounds yep okay. sorry um, you know, l- later round flyers, I'm fine having, you know, 50% of those guys. But in, in the early rounds, I do want to distribute a bit because all, all those guys or most of those guys have the potential to, you know, smash ADP. And then they all, as we you know, saw with Acres, have the potential to go down with an injury and miss the entire season. So I don't I don't want to be too invested in those early round picks. But before I go to my my two goats here, is there a reason you're only doing 30, 40 other than like a time constraint? Are you no, honestly, like I just. I know yeah. personally I've cut it down and I want to kind of focus more on the ones that I'm doing as opposed to like spreading 
too thin. Is that a factor? Or is it just like you have a 10 month old and, and you know, you've got a lot of shit to do? <laughs> that's a factor. You know, I, I have a wife that that's a factor. You know? um, that's and, I mean, I, honestly, man, work, work so crazy for me during the season. Uh, most of those 30 or 40 drafts are best balls. I try to keep it to like 10 or fewer of managed leagues. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's why I ask Cause I know a, a lot of us, a lot of the listeners, we're, we're all in the same boat, right? We're rocking families. We got, we got, we're handling different things. Dan, Dan's got a yacht and you know, this guy's got a whole wrestling <laughs> career going on and you know so it's just not in all seriousness though i i like to kind of go in that direction a little bit to because everybody's dealing with that right and, and that's the thing you see guys on these shows and all oh, they're drafting 100 and you're like oh i'm not drafting that many but i i think you know everyone's got different situations and, and you know and and that the beauty of fantasy is it allows you to be flexible one season you could do 30 next season you might be doing 100 the season after that maybe you're doing five you know so you had that flexibility um dan what's your uh what's your thought on ownership because i know uh we have this conversation often in a lot of the dms that that we share yeah i i mean in general i agree with jared you you don't want to be too heavy on anybody early rounds uh later rounds it's okay to you know to push that up a little bit uh, but i what i also try to remind myself is that you know, I in the later rounds, the odds of them hitting are so much lower. Um, you know, even if I think I'm right, I'm probably not. And <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to get too heavy on anybody in the later rounds. You know, I, I kind of look at it as probably about 30% is the max of where I'm really comfortable. Yeah, Sometimes, yeah. you know, I will get up, up over that if I'm sensing a real buying opportunity. Because I, you know, if I think if I have reason to believe that a player is going to increase in value throughout the, you know, the remainder of the draft season, I'm going to just buy with both hands right now while I can. And then when that, you know, if that player does get more expensive, I can, you know, just sit back and let other people take him and I'm fine. Uh, you know, I've already got my exposure, uh, you know, though. There, there, there is also something to be said for, you know, if you get all your exposure, like, you know, if I have all my exposure to a particular guy during the month of July, because that's where his ADP fell, where I really liked it. Uh, that's great for my July drafts, but it doesn't really do anything for my other drafts. So, uh, you know, also, I also try to keep that in mind. So, you know, if I think the price is still reasonable, even though I might have gotten better values early, you know, I'll still take a player from time to time, but you know, again, thirty percent is probably where I'm most comfortable, uh, somewhere there or below. Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I would, I would agree with these guys. I, I don't want to get too overweight uh, on guys, especially early in drafts. Even if it's a guy that I'm, you know, super duper high on, um, I don't want to have him be, you know, my sole focus every first round. I do find, um, you know, in June and July drafting. Uh, guys you have great condition on that are falling into, a, you know, a wonderful value. I don't mind, um, you know, continually drafting them when it's like, you know, the sixth round, seventh round. Um, and, you know, when it comes to, to late, late picks, I don't mind being a little overweight on guys when it's, you know, like I've been drafting Devontae Booker for a long time when he was going in the, you know, the 19th round, you know, since since draft started. Um I continue to, to draft him when I can. It's a you know a bet against Saquon playing the full year, um, and I'll continue doing that. I think that when it gets you get late to um, late in drafts, I think you got to go with, you know, I don't mind being a little overweight if I have great conviction on a guy. Mm-hmm. 
Guys, anything to um, add? I mean, we kind of went, you know, we started off with the situation in LA and I think we kind of, you know, like, like kids have these drones these days, you know, they start off real low and then they, they go macro, right. They get a, a big yeah. bird's view type of situation. Go I ahead. Had, I had one for, for Jared. Um, you know, we've talked about some guys you like um, and, and some guys you're bullish on, you know, it's kind of come out in conversation. Um, give me some of your fades, some guys you really don't like at ADP right now. Um, you know, with concentrating on, you know, the first couple of rounds of the draft. Is there anybody you think is way overpriced or maybe your projections are showing them to underperform? Yeah, the guy that immediately comes to mind is Jamar Chase. Um, you know, he is generally like a fourth-round pick. I have him as more like a sixth-round value, kind of right there with like T. Higgins and I mean, maybe like a round ahead of Tyler Boyd. I just think the targets are going to be pretty evenly distributed there. I wouldn't be surprised if Higgins out-targets Chase this season. I mean – we don't know how these guys that didn't play football last season, we don't know what that's going to mean. You know, we haven't, we haven't, haven't been in a situation like this where, you know, we have at least this many guys that didn't play football last year. And then I, I still have, I guess I'm just lower on the Bengals passing game in general than consensus. I mean, you have a quarterback coming off a torn ACL who, you know, is entering his second and, season behind and, a, and, and more too. I mean, not just and more, ACL. right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Multiple, multiple ligaments and behind us still, you know, shoddy offensive line so i just think there's there's more downside to the Bengals passing game than a lot of people are pricing in right now and, and chase especially I don't, I don't mind higgins or boyd where they're going but chase i think is overvalued and even joe burrow is a guy i have not been taking much at adp i think i think you nailed it there uh, i picked up chase uh, in a rookie draft where i had burrow but it's a roster i wasn't planning on competing this year especially it has acres so now i'm definitely not competing this year even though i've had <laughs> oh, yeah, i mean dynasty dynasty i love chase dynasty I'm, exactly I'm but i think you're right i think boyd and higgins are the two guys you want to smash on in, in redraft or for for 2021 anyways yep yep all right guys this uh again just just uh you know, a great show. We're 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 keeping it a bit more conservative conservative this week. We don't want to 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 you know, kind of drag out uh, uh, Jared's time here too much because he's been generous enough to to give us the the sixty plus. Jared, this has been awesome, man. We uh, we appreciate uh, you know all the goodness you're dropping out there. Remind the people where they can find you, find the goodness, especially that Acres article because you know people are out there looking right now on on what they should do. So after they listen to this awesomeness tonight uh make sure they they go check out your article and anything else you want to share before we close this out no yeah i really appreciate you guys having me on i mean i i respect all three you learn a lot from all three of you all the time you know even just if it's on twitter um so you can find me on twitter at smola ds um and then you can find my stuff at draftsharks.com and check out check out that brand new redesign site I'm, i'm pretty pretty jacked up about it yeah, nice. it's a it, it, it's a sweet site. I mean, it's you know, yeah. there's a lot of goodness on draft sharks. I mean, the the deeper you dive, the more you find. Uh, honest to God, so you know, check it out. Uh, if you if you've never been there, definitely worth a subscription. For sure, appreciate you, uh, Jared, Dan. As usual, anything else you want to add before we uh, close this out? I know, uh, I know you have like some pretty big drafts coming up. So maybe remind the people the, the where they can uh, when, when to expect that if they're following you uh, on the Twitter machine. <laughs> All right, yeah, the really the next two big drafts uh, we already kind of talked about. I've got the the pros versus Joes coming up uh, on uh, Tuesday. I'm drafting one night after Jared, 
And uh, then we have the uh, the Draft Sharks Inter- Invitational. And Theo, we're drafted on what, August 4th? Is that right? It's Yep, it's the 4th. 4th, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if it was 3rd or 4th. But yeah, August 4th, that one's going to be a good one. And again, uh, you know, the Draft Sharks are going to be covering that. Uh, you know, that's th- that's a podcast that's well worth tuning into. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun to listen to last year, both in the ones I was on and uh, or the one I was on and the ones that I was not on. Uh, you know, just a good series and, a, you know, a lot of great commentary going on there. So make sure you uh, you get on the Draft Sharks podcast and uh, be listening to that as well. Theo, uh, as usual, we've got some serious guests lined up, uh, you know, moving forward to kind of add to the goodness that we've we've dropped recently, including tonight. So parting words, a little teaser on, on what's coming up for for Fantasyland. Anything else you want to add, brother? Oh, uh, no, I thought this was great. Um, you know, Derek continues a, an awesome run of guests, um, you know, some awesome content tonight. I was sitting here taking notes a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to keep it going. We have some great guests lined up for August. And um, yeah, you can, um, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the Draft Sharks Invitational Draft. And um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just rolling along here in the GOAT District. Yeah, we are, guys. And hopefully you've been tuning in. Hopefully you stick with us all off offseason, uh, you know, multiple times a week. Uh, we're dropping goodness. I know our, our buddy John has, uh, for commissioner evaluation, has uh, Mr. Taglier coming on next week, one of my favorite analysts. So stay tuned, guys. We've got all kinds of goodness. we got you covered no matter what format you're playing this offseason. Uh, big thanks to our guest tonight. Jared was awesome, obviously. Big thanks to my two goats that I get to hang with every week and make me look awesome, uh, awesomer than I would uh, on my own. Um, and big thanks to you guys, man. You guys have been awesome. Like literally with the downloads, the likes, you guys have been amazing. We joke about the smash the like and all that, but that's literally the best way you can support the show is just to go down, click that like, click that subscribe. Maybe you share with some friends, not your league mates. Um, and maybe you go over to Viridian Global, get some of this goodness right here, little JT action right there, little goat action, little more goat action on this side. Uh, no, man, but they got some good stuff. Uh, wh- whether it's goat, fantasy, they've got you covered. Scott Fishbowl, they've got literally like every division they made you know a whole wardrobe for. So uh, go check them out, uh, viridiangloble.com. If you want to check out the goat stuff, it's forward slash collections, forward slash uh, goat gear. And uh, Dynasty Depot, again, you want to get into these Dynasty Leagues on the FFPC, Dynasty Depot is a nice way to get in maybe a little cheaper than you might directly on the site. And it might give you uh, more of a variety of options uh, to get into these leagues. And again, uh, McNamara Dynasty, just uh, some in-depth Dynasty goodness over there by our friend uh, Jordan and everything he offers. So guys, stick with us. Uh, we appreciate, uh, again, everything you guys have been good you know, giving uh, back with regards to the likes and the follows and so on. Uh, you have any questions you want on, on the shows, make sure you tag, you know, any of us, all of us, uh, your trades, anything this off season that you're wondering, uh, you know, even uh, a roster you want us to analyze anything like that. Guys, more VIP guests to come. We, uh, we always wish you to be safe. We always wish you to uh, keep winning because that's what we're here for to help you do. And we'll check you guys all later. Just
Cedric, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing. On all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex? Send the homie a text? That trash offers the best? You try to make it complex? Then they text you back, now all of a sudden they don't make any sense? <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish, fish, fish.